Just a moment. Just a moment. Welcome to the Future Law Podcast, exploring where the law has been. Hey Siri, take yourself and where it's going. Oh, good afternoon. From the brilliant. My name is Sophia, and I am the latest and greatest robot. To the scary. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? And everything in between. Please welcome your very real and very human host, Mike Madison. Welcome to the Future Law Podcast. This is your host, Professor Michael Madison of the University of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. The future of law is being written, practiced, and experienced by people but not only by people in a one lawyer at a time or one client at a time sense, the legal world is being built and rebuilt in institutions, organizations, and communities. And from time to time, the Future Law Podcast will take a deep dive into organizational cultures and social practices. This episode is part of one of those dives, a multi-part look at a major global law firm that has been recognized repeatedly for its global leadership and innovation across both North American and global markets. This is Oric, Arrington, and Sutcliffe, usually known by the single name Oric after one of the firm's founding partners. Like the Oric name, the Oric firm has deep roots in California. Oric traces its origins to a practice that opened in San Francisco in 1863 which makes it one of the oldest companies on the West Coast of the U.S. For many decades, Oric was a rock-solid, highly regarded law firm located on San Francisco's Montgomery Street, sort of the Wall Street of mid-20th century California. Beginning in the late 1980s, as East Coast U.S. firms started to open offices in San Francisco, and as San Francisco firms started to look opportunistically at Silicon Valley to the south, Oric started casting itself in a new and different light. The San Francisco legal community sat up and took notice when Oric moved its San Francisco office to new innovative space and noticed again when Oric expanded its geographic footprint eastward to New York and then beyond. Today, Oric is a genuinely global firm with more than 25 offices around the world, including offices in New York, Washington, D.C., Silicon Valley, and an unusual office in an unlikely location, Wheeling, West Virginia, in the heart of America's Appalachian Mountains, known today as Oric's Global Operations and Innovation Center. Oric doesn't represent all of big law, but it's a big name, big law player. What does all of this add up to? What do Oric's efforts tell us about the future of law? In this episode, we focus on a specific high-profile illustration of how Oric has gone its own way. The Global Operations and Innovation Center, or GOIC, that Oric operates in Wheeling, West Virginia. Originally called the Global Operations Center, or GOC, Oric opened this office in 2002, attracting notice, and not always the good kind, from peers all over the world and from people like me, living just up the highway from Wheeling in Pittsburgh, who take an interest in disruption and innovation in the legal market. My guests are Will Terraney, who is Oric's Director of Firm-Wide Office Administration and who was part of the process that led to establishing the GOC in Wheeling, and Kelly Cullen, 
who is the director of the GOIC today. Kelly Cullen and Will Terraney from the Oric Law Firm, welcome to the Future Law Podcast. Thanks for joining me this morning. Will, let's start with you. We're going to talk this morning about the Global Operations and Innovation Center, or GOIC, that ORIC maintains in Wheeling, West Virginia, which is not a coastal city. It's not a big financial and business center. So you were part of the process inside ORIC that led to founding what's now the GOIC. So walk us through a little bit of what motivated the firm and the decision processes 20 years ago that led to uh, the establishment of that facility. Absolutely. Um, And I have a bit of a different perspective too. I was the former city manager in Wheeling. So I was there when we had this company, we didn't even know what it was. Oric came to the city looking for space. Didn't know anything about them. Research, we had some space available. And we work with a consortium of groups within Wheeling, West Virginia, including a group of churches to put together money and funding to create space for economic development. Here comes Oric. We had the space and we pitched Wheeling, West Virginia to Oric, um, which was fascinating. Uh, Local governments aren't big on land banking. Um, but we had no choice in Wheeling. We had to we had to stimulate the economy. We had to do something. So, this was our first pitch from a city perspective to a private development to encourage them to come to Wheeling, West Virginia. Which is for people listening to the podcast and don't know the geography of the Appalachian Mountains in the eastern part of the U.S., Wheeling is a smaller city. It had a history as a thriving industrial community that uh, leading up to the conversations that you're talking about with Oric, uh, most of that industry had faded. And Wheeling was, like many cities in Appalachia, including Pittsburgh, where I live, uh, struggling in terms of its economic resources and its identity. Absolutely. Back in the 60s, there were 67,000, 70,000 people in Wheeling. Today, it's 26,000 people. Um, so when, when you lose that much population, you have to you have to change things up. You have to do things differently. And, and thank goodness for the city of Wheeling at the time, and a consortium of you know interested parties. We did that with Oric. So once I once I moved to Oric, let me say this: that part of the criteria that we had to prove as a city to Oric is that we have a popular workforce that was sustainable, not only for the first five years but for the first ten and fifteen. So we actually worked with an agency that put an ad out in the paper for some of the Oric jobs. And from that one, from that one ad, we had over 6,000 applications for these certain specific ORIC-related positions. And we presented ORIC with a thick binder of all of these resumes saying, listen, if you come to Wheeling, we can sustain it. We have the workforce. We have an excited workforce that wants to come join you. So that was a key element in our presentation back to ORIC. And these are, just to be clear, especially back then, these were jobs that were high-quality positions. They were professional services positions, but they weren't necessarily legal services. You weren't hiring. The firm was not hiring lawyers primarily in Wheeling. Finance, accounting, and technology positions. It was, it was those types of services which are great jobs in Wheeling, West Virginia. They're great jobs anywhere. Yep. But from the law firm's standpoint, just to punctuate the early story, the law firm was looking to hire a bunch of talent 
where it didn't necessarily have to pay San Francisco or New York salaries to attract that talent. And it was able to acquire real estate to house all those people in a high quality environment, but again, not paying San Francisco or New York real estate prices. Exactly. And I was so proud uh, once I joined ORC that we had the people to support the cause. Um, we were successful. Um, and that's the story that I could tell now. And its story holds true today that the people make the GOIC a success that it is. And with leadership like Kelly guiding, directing as we move forward to new innovations, I am proud as to be there at the beginning, but I'm even more proud to see how it's grown and prospered since since the early days. Kelly, uh, Will has teed you up, uh, so let me turn to you and, and say you run the GOIC today. Yes. Uh, so walk us through a little bit of the evolution, because as the GOIC has, has been in operation for close to 20 years at this point, its functions have evolved quite a bit. And so what is the GOIC today? Who works there? What does it do? How does it contribute to the functioning of the ORIC firm? So I think I would bring it back to Will and say the, the evolution is because of the people. So Will, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but but when they we chose, when Oric chose Wheeling, we, we, we had an idea of this was the back office. This is where we're going to have IT. This is where we can have finance. And they got in there and said, these people are great. We can do so much with the folks that we're finding in the Wheeling, Ohio, Pennsylvania, tri-state area, they're coming to Oric to work. And so the evolution was really Oric seeing that they that they had this great, you know, place that they could hire, you know, get get not just talent to work on these really important finance IT things, but other things. So for example, um, they realized that uh, one example is career associates. So you started by saying that we didn't have attorneys there to start off with, but they started, Oric is innovative in a lot of ways. And one of the ways we're innovative is in our talent model. Um, and lot, big law firms, uh, typically you have, you're an associate for a certain number of years, and then you either make partner or don't make partner. And it's, there's sort of a lot, you know, a track. Oric realized about 12 years ago that there are a lot of attorneys who like working at big law firms. There's a lot of positives to working at big law firms, um, but they didn't want to be a partner at a law firm for whatever reason, right? And, and I'm one of those. I, I came over from another large law firm in Pittsburgh about 11 years ago because I liked working at a large law firm, but I didn't want to be a partner. I didn't want um, to have to build my own book of business. I wanted to keep working for Fortune 100 clients, doing exciting and innovative work, but without the pressures of being a partner being a partner. Um, and Oric realized that and speak, created this career associate program. And it started off right in 2008, we had one career associate in one office in the GOIC, right? <laughs> and then by 2012, we had 35 career associates. Now we have over 45 career associates in nine different offices across the firm in 13 different practice groups. And we are growing, right? And these are people who are talented, talented attorneys who just don't want necessarily to be on the partnership track. And over half of us are located in the Wheeling office. So there's, we're in nine different offices, but about 20 some of us are in Wheeling and supporting just like, you know, I think Wheeling alone is at least 10 different practice groups. So there's one area where we were innovative. We realized we have this population of people who could do this great work to support the firm. 
and let's do it. And another good place, an another huge success story is Oric Analytics, right? So Oric Analytics is, um, I mean, this is a group, it started off small um, and it started off as our, you know, internal document review, right? You got a big, you got a big, um, big litigation. You need to look at a bunch of documents. And we were, we started sort of, you know, managing that out of our wheeling office because we said, Hey, we got all these great people. We got not just attorneys, but attorneys that have the technical expertise you need to, to do this, you know, document review. Now, we are not just document review. We are org analytics, right? We have, you know, over, I think we have about 30 project attorneys. We have, um, you know, I think there's like, there's about a hundred people, I think in org analytics right now, but they touch on over 500 different auric matters each year. Um, and they use hundreds of licensed contract attorneys and it's not just litigation. They touch every practice group across the firm and really across the world. Just it's, it's where, you know, we take technology and efficiency and, you know, project management discipline and apply that to the legal world. And anybody that says, how can I do this better? Goes to Oric Analytics and they figure out how to do some task more efficiently, you know, both time-wise and expense. So in a metaphorical sense, it's like a giant brain that is yes. feeding a lot of the operations of the rest of the firm and, and partnerships with clients. So back to you, Will. Um, so I have to assume that over a 20-year timeline, uh, everything has not gone perfectly smoothly and everything has not been an uninterrupted uh, parade of successes. So what have been the big challenges and obstacles to figuring out how to get the most value out of this operation, how to, uh, to adapt uh, GOIC together with the rest of the firm to changing dynamics in the legal industry as a whole? You know, I think a lot of that was self-imposed by people in Wheeling. We wanted to prove to the firm that they made the right decision um, and that we can support an international law firm from Wheeling, West Virginia. There was a lot of pressure in the early days and after there's some there's some moments that stick with me like after the first year we proved yeah we can do this let's move let's move forward and prosper and do whatever we can for the firm so we proved it to ourselves but as we move forward key moments and kelly mentioned auric analytics was key case stream was key naming naming craig dean a chief technology officer out of wheeling west virginia was an fantastic moment for us and again when you when you it's the first of its kind in the legal industry and it starts in wheeling west virginia so the pressure is there but then we had successes that i just mentioned not only professional successes like career associate program which to me the career associate program internally gave us credibility in wheeling that was it we, we have our attorneys and not only are they attorneys but they're fantastic skilled high quality attorneys and then after that, then you go to the staff side with Craig Dean being named as a chief out of Wheeling. That was our moment. Those were the moments that I think put us on the map internally. So the internal pressure was off of Wheeling. Now we could start to produce and innovate as we have. So let me uh, 
relate the story of the center to a theme in uh, the management literature. Uh, and the theme is disruptive innovation as it's been described by the late Harvard Business School professor, Clayton Christensen. And I want to focus on one piece of Clay Christensen's work. In his early scholarship, he talked about how incumbent organizations in an industry often face challenges in terms of innovating and staying ahead of a market, that the incumbent firm has all the incentives to stay the course, do whatever has made them successful. They'll just keep doing that. And of course, over time, that might put the firm behind the curve in terms of market competitiveness. So in his studies, admittedly not in law, but his studies documented instances where successful innovation meant finding an organizational pathway to take sort of an innovative innovation cluster or a group of people and physically relocate them outside of the geography of the, the main campus or the, the headquarters operation. So in my mind, I always think of what Hewlett Packard did with their printer business. And Hewlett Packard did not develop their printer business, very successful business in Silicon Valley. Hewlett Packard developed their printer business offsite relative to their headquarters up in Oregon. And then they later integrated the printer business back into the mothership. So I've always thought of the Oric experience with the GOIC as potentially another case study in a law firm having more success with innovating in its services, innovating with its talent model, innovating with its culture, because it had the ability to do, do that outside of main offices in San Francisco, New York, Washington, D.C., and so forth. I wondered if, if I'm diagnosing some of what's going on, if you think I'm right or wrong, and what kind of nuance or color you might add to my story. I would say um, I would agree from a legal perspective as someone who has worked in traditional, a couple of different traditional law firm offices versus our GOIC wheeling and wheeling. Um, it, that is huge, right? Like you think of, you know, I think just the culture, the building is, is really cool. Right. And then I, so just from the basics and, and just like, and I know we're all remote now, but we all, you know, have been in this building. It is a very cool, old, renovated stamping factory, right? Like it is just, it is like, it is a very neat building with all this cool, old, like, um, you can see the, what are the, well, the thing in the, in the lobby where you open the door. Oh, doors. the boiler doors, yeah. The boiler, the boiler doors. There, you know, the, all the beams, it's, it's really open. It is really, um, I mean, it just invites community. It invites um, people really collaborating because it's really open, which is really nice. And moving from um, a more traditional law firm space with a closed door and my, you know, name, but really even my name, not even being Kelly, but like Ms. Cullen, like on the door, moving from that to this open, welcoming place where culture is huge too, right? Like, I mean, and I went to a place where we have pumpkin carving contests on Halloween, where we have like Halloween costume contests, where we have really fun Christmas parties, where we are just have a place where we work really hard and we play really hard. Um, all of that culture. I mean, there's a reason why Google has like, you know, um, ping pong tables in the middle of their office, right? Like because that culture promotes collaboration, which promotes innovation, which is why, I mean, and all that is why, you know, we talk about the GOIC, it was the Global Operations Center for the first, what, 15 years of its life. 
And about two years ago, we changed the name. We renamed it to the Global Operation and Innovation Center because we saw just that, that so much innovation was happening there. And it's because of the people, it's because of the culture. Um, and I think the fact that we're not in a traditional practice office, even though we have billing attorneys, you know, we have people that bill attorneys and non-attorneys, um, that really stimulates that growth. How much of that cultural innovation has been affected by the pandemic? So, so I've been to the GOIC. I've explored that awesome building. And again, for people listening on the podcast, you have to picture this charming old industrial town. It's on the Ohio River, this big old brick building, this old stamping factory that got turned into the Oric facility is right there on the side of the river. You can walk out the front door of the building on the other side and walk straight into the downtown, which is a charming old renewing older industrial community, downtown space. It's very much the antithesis of a classic lawyer's office in a big law firm in a big glass and steel tower in a downtown business district somewhere. But the physicality of all that is lost when everybody's working from home. So how do you preserve the spirit and the culture of innovation that's associated with the GOIC when you're not actually at the GOIC? it's a challenge, right? Like it's absolutely a challenge. It's a challenge that workplaces across the country, across the world are dealing with. Um, so we're not doing it perfectly, but we're trying our best. Um, I think we do it by, we started off by having lots of events. And I think what we have now though is, you know, it's Zoom, right? It's, it's the it's the video, it's, it's you're still seeing people. I mean, I have to say every meeting I have, I'm staring at the person that I'm talking to, right? Whereas, you know, we were, so the GOIC, you know, of course we were collaborating amongst ourselves, but we weren't, we were always talking to people in the other offices. I, I mean, I work with people in other offices all day, every day, right? And what we've gained from the pandemic is that I'm seeing them and I'm not just seeing them, I'm seeing their home, right? So you can see me and you're like, what is that weird picture behind me? Oh, it's my daughter's painting from when she was a baby, right? And you, and it really has, I'm getting to know people outside of the GOIC better than I did before because I'm seeing them where I didn't see them before. So it's not perfect. It is 100% imperfect. I really hope we get to come back soon. I'm sure it is not going to be the same because, you know, the pandemic has changed everything. But I... I think there have been some gains in that I'm really getting to know the people that are outside the GOIC better. And I think the folks within the GOIC, when, they're, when we're collaborating and working together, we really do our best to have, you know, we've actually tried to create spaces where we can create the water cooler moments. You just have to do it purposefully. You have to be like, all right, we're gonna do this, you know, fun quiz next Wednesday, join us. We're going to do a Kahoot. And if you win, you can get, you know, I don't know. We, we do, we try and have events that are quick and short and fun where you can see your friends and colleagues. Um, it, we're doing the best we can. How about that? Okay. <laughs> and I'd like to add it's um, innovations is woven into orcs culture. It's just what you do, right? It's, so whether you're in a building or outside the building, it's what you do if you work for Oric, it's just natural. And, and the firm wants that to happen. They want that creative, innovative culture. They want you to think. 
I mean, uh, firm management wants you to have ideas and new thoughts and new efficiencies. I mean, it's just what you do. And when you work for work, you find that out pretty quickly that we're all about innovation and doing things differently. So no matter if we're in the office, if I am, which is great, or you're at home, you still have that, that spark of innovation that keeps you going. So let me add a theme that we haven't touched on at all yet, but that is really foundational to the whole enterprise, which is clients. I'm wondering how this whole GOIC enterprise and its innovation, how it's been received by the clients of the firm, how engaged the clients of the firm have been in terms of how it's been developed and expanded and evolved. Has this, I take it it's been a win in a macro sense from the client standpoint, but I'm interested in a little bit of the nitty gritty. Was there skepticism? Was there enthusiasm? You have some that are more enthusiastic and less enthusiastic among the firm's clients. How has that side of the equation played out? It's been it's been successful. Uh, I mean, the, in the early days, the media, not the clients, but the media was just brutal on the opening of the Global Operations Center. I and there was a London article, a London Times. I, I can't remember the article. It was it was brutal, and and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like this can't be the way it goes. And that, again, that fueled our, we want this to be successful, but that was the media. And, and it really focused on Wheeling West, Wheeling where? West Virginia. I mean, the perception. So after we got over that and, and we've had, we've had clients in the building, we had clients visit the GOC. It was, it's, it's night and day. Clients appreciate, respect what we were doing. And again, we were being innovative to help them. Um, and they saw that. So, at the end of the day, and I'll speak to, to my time there, it, it was truly successful, especially when we got them to, to visit and, and to see the work and that it's really qualified, great people, not an issue. Kelly? I'd say, I, I, I'd say the same. I mean, because every, you know, you, you could take the different pockets of, uh, of groups within Oric. Um, so Oric Analytics. I mean, clients love Orc Analytics. A great example is the Observatory, which is a platform where you we have information on like 600 plus legal technologies that clients can come, anybody can come and, and learn more about these because there's, as you know, there's so much technology, which to you're just, it's like drinking from a fire hose, which to use, which are the best, get some, you know, some information about them. The, we love the Observatory. We love, that's the kind of stuff that Orc Analytics brings to the table and our innovation team. From the um, career associate standpoint, we career associates work on all the major clients for the firm, right? Like they, I mean, we work on all of our, you know, top clients have career associates or almost all of them have career associates on their team because we are across the firm. We're touching on everything. Case stream, which, um, you know, uh, Will mentioned, we didn't really talk about. I mean, case stream was, is totally novel, right? Clients love Keystream. It is a way we, we, of, you know, filing is such a hassle, right? It is a way of taking, um, files, uh, either for litigation or transactional, you name it and organizing data. So everything is at your fingertips when you need it. Clients love it and clients love it. I use it every day because I always have a client that comes to me and says, Kelly, where's that? And I can get it to them in a second, right? Because I have this created this, there's this case stream system where everything is easy. Everything is at my fingertips and it's fantastic. 
I'm going to intuit as to the case stream system that the client in question has access to the same data. So they could have the same data, but they don't have it as organized as well as we do. <laughs> so they have a harder time getting at it, right? I have, I mean, I can't tell you how many times they're like, how can you tell me about, you know, we, you know, these pleadings and this transcript and where was this? And I can get back to them immediately because everything is at my fingertips because we are so well organized. Let, let me close the podcast today with uh, the, the theme of the whole podcast, right? The name is The Future Law Podcast. So we're here to talk about the future. So let's talk a little bit about the significance of the GOIC and how Oric has structured the resource uh, looking forward and not just looking forward to the future of Oric, but really looking forward to the future of the private law firm world worldwide. So what is the significance of this innovation, the structural operational innovation, what's the significance to the rest of your industry? What, what are you hoping will happen across the rest of the industry in terms of how resources are developed and allocated, how business structures function, how talent gets recruited, trained and, and promoted? What's the influence that Oric is hoping to have in a broader sense? I'd say that Oric had a lot of forethought. When we opened, we realized that we would be able to function with this core group of originally non-attorneys, but now attorneys in Wheeling, West Virginia, that we'd be able to integrate folks that did not work down the hall. They could be part of our team, right? I mean, we realized that we could do that and we did that successfully. Um, we did that successfully with, I mean, cause there, there's always pushback about, oh, like I have to have that. I have to be able to walk into that person's office. I have to be able to, you know, have that person come talk to me. I have to be able to look that person in the eye. We realized years ago that we could really successfully do this remotely, right? And now look at the world. And, and, and that was one of the reasons why when we had to, when we and the rest of the world had the transition to remote, it was really pretty seamless because we are so used to being integrated using technology, used to working with people across not just the United States, but the world. I mean, I think that that is, we were ready for it. I mean, I think, Will, you can, but we were, Oric was ready for it because we were already doing it and it was seamless. And, and you know, we have, we have drivers in this, in this uh, firm, I mean, from our chairman, Mitch Zookley, to Laura Sacklett, to Siobhan Handley, Wendy, Wendy Curtis. We have people that are driving innovation on a daily basis and they expect more and they expect to do more in the future. Um, so when you have support from the top down, innovation and efficiencies and ideas. It's a natural concept that we continue to develop as we uh, move forward. Will, closing question for you. Let me ask you to put your, your West Virginia hat back on. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you've moved on from uh, actually living in, in that region, uh, but uh, what has the Oric investment in Wheeling meant to that region? Oh, Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's from 67 jobs to over 300 well-paid jobs in an area that absolutely needed it. It's a sense of pride given to the state and the city that we can absolutely do the work that Oric laid out for us. Um, it, it is truly, it's, it's in city of Wheeling will, and the officials there and the development people will say that is, that was the one moment in, in, in history where, 
we started to turn things around. I mean, we actually, we actually got an international law firm to put a back office at the time, the, the language, and we made it successful. It, and it's a sense of pride that, it, I mean, we've had people tell us when they came in from the airport visiting us that they would say, well, we're going to work. And, and the driver of the car would say, oh, my goodness, that's everybody knew about work. Everybody was and it's a sense of pride and a community that needed it. And it's been the linchpin for development ever since. And again, uh, it's, it's been a wonderful thing for the city of Wheeling and the state of West Virginia. It's, it's a crowning achievement in the last 20 years. Kelly, concluding thoughts from you. You know, I think that it it comes down to what where where Will started it is the people because you know the reason it's successful is because when we post a job opening, there are people lining up for these jobs, and not just people. I mean, people that are qualified, lots and lots and lots of qualified people for these jobs. And one of the things that I see because I do, I sometimes work on recruiting, you know, across the firm is they, they're constantly saying, well, how about, can we find someone in Wheeling for, you know, the technology companies group? Can we find some more attorneys to work for the technology companies group that could be based out of our Wheeling office? Can we find, I mean, you name it, we're looking for it and we're looking for it in the Wheeling office. Um, And it's because we've demonstrated that we can do the work. So it's really the success of the GYC is really the success of our amazing employees. Absolutely. Great. Well, that's a fantastic place to stop for today. So I want to thank you both for sharing your stories and sharing the great stories of the GOIC in Wheeling, West Virginia. It's a really inspiring and novel way to think about what's happening in the legal profession today. So I wish you both the best of success. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Future Law Podcast. For links to the articles mentioned and to contact the hosts, visit futurelawpodcast.com.